Professor Norman Lazarus uh, in front of me from King's College, who's researching into healthy ageing. Welcome, Norman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Vincenzo. I must say it's a pleasure being here. I'm local to the area, and I'm absolutely delighted in having the opportunity to speak to my fellow ageing citizens That's in the really... same place that I live. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, coming on, because uh, you've got quite a, uh, what can we say, you've been on the BBC, Virgin, quite a few programmes. Oh, yes, yes. Who knows, I might even be famous one day, but <laughs> not quite now, yes. So so tell me, where do you work, Norman? I work at uh, King's College at Guy's in London, and uh, what I do there is I do research on healthy human ageing, which I've been doing now for about 15 years. And so... Tell me, um, why, how do you keep healthy? Ah, Vincenzo, there's, <laughs> no, there's no big secret here. And I think most of the listeners will already have some inclination of what it is. There are three things you've got to do. Yeah. One is you've got to eat properly. <laughs> you know, you can't overeat because all the uh, evidence shows that if you're not at the right weight, you're going to get one of those diseases of aging, which we know all about, which I'll go through in a minute. The second thing, you've got to move. You've got to do physical activity. You've got to do exercise. Call it what you will. If you want to dance, if you want to do aerobics, if you want to walk, run, you know, any kind of movement, you've just got to do that. And the other thing is you've got to keep mentally alert. You've got to keep stimulating your mind. I call those three things the trinity (laughs) because they all need to be together. You can't separate them. You must have all three in order to age healthily. And that's, um, I've read your book, uh, How to Age Well and Wisely, and and you do mention a lot of those things. Go on. No, I was just going to say, and are there people, though, that, that always do those things? Does everyone... No, I mean, uh, let's start off with me. Yeah. Right. Here I am. I don't know whether you mentioned my age, but I'm an an 84-year-old. And I've kept in shape by keeping to the Trinity. In other words, I make sure I eat well. I make sure I do the movement, exercise. I happen to cycle, but that's not important. And I keep my mind active. So I am exactly in the health that an 84-year-old should be. I'm doing all the right things. Yeah. But, but sorry. No, I was just going to say, so are you equivalent to other 84-year-olds? Oh, well, not to any other 84-year-olds who are not exercising. <laughs> <laughs> they also in trouble. But let me, let me give you an interesting um, fact here. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a healthy 84-year-old. I'm doing all the right things. Now, we can take a 50-year-old who's not exercising, and there are lots of 50-year-olds who are not exercising. I think 80% of the population don't do enough exercise. Yeah. And we take the 50-year-old to the laboratory, and we compare that 50-year-old to myself. And what do we find? Well, we find that the 50-year-old and I have the same readings So I guess you tend to say, oh, my gosh, Norman is like a 50-year-old. Yeah. But remember, 
in order to age healthy, you've got to have the three things in place. The 50-year-old has not. So the 50-year-old, I'm not like a 50-year-old. <laughs> the 50-year-old is like me. So you can see we've now got a 50-year-old who's like an 80-year-old at age 50. And that's not good for that 50-year-old. Yeah. And if you look at aging in that sense, you can immediately see that you really need to change your lifestyle, especially when you're around 50, so that when you reach the age of 85, you'll at least have health which is somehow equivalent to me or anybody else of that age who is doing all the right things. So, so what happens, I mean, I know you researched a lot into the age group. What happens if you don't exercise or what's the differences between those that um, you know are not exercising or are not eating well or what, what are the sort of Ah, uh, Vincenzo, I, I'm the <coughs> I'm the messenger here, so don't shoot right, me if no. you know what I mean. So I'm only going to tell you what it is, so don't blame me. All the evidence shows that well, I'll tell you some of the diseases that people who do not look after their lifestyle are going to get. And yeah. they're very familiar diseases. They're diseases of the heart. Yeah. They're disease of the vascular system. They're diseases like type 2 diabetes. There's hypertension. They're liver diseases. And I could go on and on. There are 20 of them. Yeah. And it's the research is beginning to show now you can prevent those diseases if you adopt a lifestyle which has got making sure you're the correct word. Yeah. Making sure you do movement, physical activity, exercise. Making sure you keep your mind active. And if you do those things, then you prevent, not totally, because you can never stop everything 100%, yeah. but your chances, and that's the big thing, your chances of getting one of these diseases goes right down. Mm. And so, like, if I focus on one area on the um, the food side and, and eating healthily, I mean, reading your book, you mentioned about using your trousers as a as a gauge. I mean, did do you do you gauge that to when you was younger or what sort of when you know? Yeah, not. Uh, Regulating the f your food intake is very difficult. I understand because I was fat, right, in my middle age. If you'd have seen me, Vincenzo, when I was 50, you'd have looked at me, you said, oh, my gosh, there's a butterball coming down the road, <laughs> okay? And I've always fought or had to fight against being overweight. I come from a family my, on my mother's side, which are overweight. So when I talk about being overweight, I really have a feeling for those people who are trying to also get down to the right way. Yeah. And when I was young, I had a pair of trousers. I can't remember. I was about 20 years old. And it had a 32-inch waist. Yeah. And, of course, after a while, I couldn't wear it. But like a lot of people, I kept it behind in my cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought, one day I'm going to do that. So when I started to lose weight... I didn't worry about weighing myself yeah. because I think getting on a scale can be very depressing. Yeah. What I did was I took out my 32-inch trousers. <laughs> and, of course, if you 
uh, happen to have, if you're a lady, you can have a dress that you never got into, so you can take out that dress which you've been hiding in your cupboard. And what you try and do then is you regulate how much you're eating and you keep going down and down <laughs> and down until you can get into that dress or that trousers. Yeah. So it's not sort of um, following rigid to the, the diets. It's more, you know, focusing on, on what you eat, the portion sizes, is that? Yes, I think because it's so hard to tell people what to eat because if you look, go onto the streets of Caterham, yeah. you'll see we are a multinational nation and everybody's eating different foods. Yeah. And then to say to somebody... Ah, oh, you've got to eat, and I'm just picking anything, the yeah. Japanese diet. Yeah. But why? My grandmother and my mother and my whole family have been eating the diet that is we've been eating. It's our tradition. Why should we suddenly change? And I agree. Yeah. I think the way you do it is you take what you're eating, you know you're overeating, just cut it down. I suggest cutting it down by 30%. And just eat less. And then now, make it an adventure. In other words, don't become a victim of, the, of cutting down your food. Say to yourself, right. I am now going to learn how I must take the food I'm eating, yeah. select the good parts, get rid of the bad parts, and that is what I'm going to try and do and keep to. Yeah. And, of course, if you make yourself part of the adventure – Maybe even join a group where there's a weight-losing group, but make yourself part of it. Don't become uh, somebody who's been told all the time what to do. Yeah. Take control of your diet. I think you know that's definitely easier. Like you say, it's easier for someone to, to want to do it rather than to be told to do it. You know. Yes, and uh, I think let me give you a, an extraordinary good reason why perhaps – people around about 45, 50 should begin to think seriously about this. Yeah. Because, as I said, you might get one of these diseases of aging. Mm -hmm. and then you've got to ask yourself, I'm 65 years old now, and I've, who's going to look after me? Mm. Which means now you're going to expect those around you and your loved ones to begin to attend to you. And I think you actually owe it to yourself not to get into that position, not to begin to load your problems yeah. onto other people. Because I think we all we all live that, that we don't really want others to, to look after ourselves, do we? We want to keep young and fit and, you know, healthy. If you had to ask me what is the greatest thing that I have gained from keeping myself this way, it's keeping my independence. Yeah. And independence for us old people is so important because if we lose our independence, somehow we lose ourselves. We become dependent on people having to do things for us mm. and it diminishes us in that way. So if there's one thing you can keep in your head that... The reason you want to do this 
is you want to do it to be independent yeah. for as long as you possibly can be. And how long could that be? Well, I'm just waiting for my 85th birthday yeah. and I'm hoping it be longer. So, And I'm not the only one in my research. I find people who look after their diet, who do movement, do physical activity, do exercise. Yeah keep their minds active, they also maintain the independence. So I'm not just one lone voice out there crying yeah. in the wilderness. There's quite a big group of people. So I know, I mean, I know you, you don't focus on cycling, but I'm an avid cyclist and that. So so when you, you first took up cycling, did you get out and what, what, what happened? What, what was your first day on the cycle? Oh, well, <laughs> yes. I had found my son's bike, uh, which he didn't... Um, it was supposed to take him to school, but I don't think he found it was cool or something. But anyway, he didn't yeah. use it, so I found this old bike. And I thought, okay. And I remembered from my youth what a wonderful time I had cycling around all over the place because I was brought up in South Africa, actually way out in the farms. And I thought, ah, that's the thing for me. And I'm sure any cyclist, <laughs> if they recall when they took out that bike for the first time, they suddenly realize that the world is not flat <laughs> and, and you've got to go out there and really pedal. But it's the pleasure of moving at a speed. Yeah which keeps you in contact with your surroundings. You can still look at trees. You can still look at flowers. You can still stop and visit places. It's not like in a car where you close the windows and the doors and ride off in your bubble. So that's what I like about cycling. I like that it keeps me in touch with my environment. And then, as a side issue... I've got the exercise. Yeah. So you see, I'm doing cycling because I love it. Uh-huh. And exercise just happens to be another add-on, which is fantastic. So again, if I can just speak yeah. to your listeners again, to all those 50-year-olds, if you're going to choose something to do with physical activity, yeah. Make sure you choose something that you love. Yeah. Because if you love going out, you don't say to yourself, oh, my gosh, I've got to go out and do more exercise. No. Say, yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm going out to this new dance routine. I'm going out to aerobics. I'm going out to badminton. I'm going out, which I actually love doing. Yeah. And, hey, presto, I'm also improving my health can't ask for more can you it becomes easier it yeah. becomes easier becomes part of your lifestyle so so just to give a gauge to someone who's never cycled i mean i i know you've done the audax and yeah. you was the, the champion at 60 what, what was the furthest you'd cycled oh the furthest i've cycled is 1400 kilometers In and that runs from london to edinburgh and back over a matter of days? Yeah, you go, it's, uh, I can't remember, is it 90 hours? You know, you go day and night. Right. You know, it's not, you don't stop at the end of the day. Yeah. And then start again. No, it's 
you've got to do the 1400, uh, 1400 kilometers in the time that's allocated. And oh, I yeah. think it was 90 hours. Blimey, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then going back to that first cycle, yeah. how, how fast, how many miles was that first cycle? <laughs> well, I live local, Vincenzo, and I think people will immediately recognize when I tell them. I live up there in Weldingham, and I managed to get to the big roundabout, and which is just at the beginning of Caterham. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd had it. And I got off the bike and I sit there puffing and blowing and everything like that. So I don't know, was it two miles? miles? And then I had to slowly work my way back home. But that's no problem. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere. And from just persistence. You yeah. just got, and because I like it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I liked the cycling and I reckon, okay, I'm going to persist. So I persisted. And you don't have to go as far as I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm not saying you've got to do that. You've just got to do what you feel is uh, comfortable for you, which you like doing. But it's got to be enough to keep you stimulated. So that's what I read in the book was quite interesting, was you were saying the difference between someone like yourself who's really fit, fit and cycling and to the Olympic athletes there's no difference in in their health. Health. Yes, you, you can see why, you see, because if you have the Trinity, you remember I started with the Trinity, if you eat well, if you're doing your movement exercise and you have an active mind and you do sufficient, you're not getting any of those diseases which arise because you don't do any of that. So you're not getting the diseases of aging. So if you're not getting the diseases of aging, you are healthy. Right. So right. Now, you can't be more healthy than healthy. Uh, right. You know, yeah, you're healthy because you haven't got any diseases. But yeah. what you can do is you can become better at your chosen activity. Yeah. So you can be, you know, you can climb a mountain or you can go for a gold medal or something. But that's not going to make you more healthy it's just going to make you very much better at the discipline you've chosen. And, Vincenzo, I must stress, there's absolutely no evidence anywhere yeah. that those Olympians, when they enter my age, yeah. are going to be any healthier than I am. And in fact, one of the problems is that if you push yourself to those limits, absolute limits of your physiology, when you stop, the tendency is to do nothing after that. And you can see many people who were athletes and yeah. trim and lovely in the youth begin to fade and start to gain weight, uh -huh. and they become unfortunately unfit. So don't push yourself. Don't think about becoming anything like that. Yeah. But so so sorry, Norman. Just so so for the listeners, are you saying? I mean, is it all right to start walking or something like that? You mentioned dancing earlier. Yes. So how do you sort of gauge where you, your fitness level should be? Ah, okay. That's a very interesting thing, and it's not difficult. What you've got walking around the block is no good. Yeah. You know, people have those little watches where they measure their yeah, steps. It's no yeah. good. That, that's not the kind of exercise we need or movement we need. 
you've got to raise your heart rate. Yeah. Right? You've got to do something which causes you to puff a little bit. And you say, well, what should my heart rate be? Yeah. Well, I can give you a little formula if you want to. You want to know what your maximum heart rate is, first of all, for your age. And that's easy. Your maximum heart rate is 220 minus your age. Mm. So let's say I was 80. So my maximum heart rate is 220 minus 80, which is 140. Yeah. So that would be my maximum I could go. But I told you now, don't push yourself. So you want to be get at 60% of your maximum. Right. So 60% of 140 is about 80. Yeah. So for somebody aged 80, they should be doing an physical activity which raises their heart to that level. Yeah. And as you can see, if you're younger, 220 minus a younger age, 60% is going to be slightly higher. So depending upon your age, you raise your heart rate to the correct, 60% of your maximum by doing whatever you've chosen. And if you do that and you keep doing that, you will be at the right physical level in order to keep at bay yeah. all those nasty diseases. And um, I was, uh, I lost my track because I was listening so intently. Yeah, well, I can it's see a, that. Yeah. Yeah. I lose my, I lose my a, track as well, Vincent, so I don't uh, do that. I even forget where I am sometimes. <laughs> it happens, yeah. And uh, so, so going back, Norman, so um, I'm picturing uh, one of the guys, the station manager here, he's a little bit unfit and uh, he keeps threatening to take his bike out or how can we encourage him to to get fit? How can we... Okay, we can take him as an example, but I think there are many listeners who are sitting around listening to this wondering, well, what do I do to get active? And think small, that's what I say. And let me give you an example. I'm sure, well, certainly around about Caterham, there are hills everywhere, yeah. right? So just pick a hill, not not the biggest hill, but pick any hill that's near you. Put on your walking shoes. Get out there with your nice warm coat and your sneakers and see how quickly you can walk up that hill. Yeah. Of course, you're going to go about halfway and you're going to start panting and everything. Don't worry. Rest. Wait around. In fact, walk back home if you want to. But the next in a day or two, say, well, now I'm going to try again. And this time, perhaps you get further and you try again. And you give yourself three days a week or even four days a week until you can get to that top of the hill, until you can arrive there without puffing and panting. And you on your way now. You can begin to think about bigger hills. You can begin to think of longer distance. You can begin to think about joining charity walks. You can join the Ramblers. Yeah. And it's the same with any kind of physical activity that you choose. Choose something, remember Vincenzo, yeah. that you love. Yeah. You know, 
if you like walking, then that's what you do because you're going to have to do that for the rest of your life. But, and this I promise you, if you do that and you watch your diet, yeah. you're going to have a body after six months that you don't recognize and your mind now will begin to think of things to do places to take you walking I'm talking as if the mind is separated from us but yeah. you know what I mean no, no, but I the mind now is going to take and so your whole attitude to yourself you're going to look at yourself in a different way Yeah. your mind is going to love what it is you're doing and of course in other words you are going to love what you're doing which means you, and this is so important for all of us, are going to love yourself, Yeah, which is really something we should all aim at here. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's like a circle, isn't it? Isn't yes, it? it's, you need to, and you've got to make a commitment. And as I said, one of the biggest commitments or reasons for doing this commitment is we owe it to our children not to be a burden on them. Mm. So we must really think seriously. And if you're in the age group of 40 to 50, yeah. you are now absolutely at the right age where you sh should be doing all things that are dedicated to making sure that you're not going to get one of these diseases of aging. Yeah. You don't want to be that 50-year-old who's got an 80-year-old body. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be that 50-year-old who's got a 50-year-old body, and that'll make me as an 80-year-old jealous yeah. because I'll say, oh, my gosh, I wish I was young again. <laughs> no, I don't really wish I was young again, but you know what I mean. I say, oh, there I go when I was 50 years old. But now when I look at most of the 50-year-olds, as a doctor, yeah. remember one of the big things about my research is I'm trying to stop people getting ill. As a doctor, I'm sad because those people are not, are not on an easy road. Yeah. Things are just going to so get worse for them. Are you seeing a lot of 50-year-olds then that are not fit, that are not? looking after their food then? Or? Yeah, I think the statistic that, if I remember, is that there are 80% of the population have somehow decided that they don't have to do any kind of physical activity or watch their diet. Don't ask me why. I don't know where it comes from because all the research shows that that is a disastrous route. And there are about 20% of us and I want to welcome you, Vincenzo. You're one of the 20%. It's wonderful <laughs> to meet a 20%. Uh, there are about 20% of us yeah. who, in fact, look after ourselves. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned earlier, I mean, I, at 50, I was puffed out chasing after the kids. So uh, from then I started um, uh, a sort of fitness regime. And uh, cycling was my thing that I loved. And uh, I'd say I'm the fittest that I've ever been in, you know, so. I think that is an absolute wonderful thing to have heard because I understand exactly what you say because at 50-year-old, again, 
when I speak to my audience, yeah. I'm speaking to my audience from somebody who was at 50, overweight, yeah. couldn't play with the kids just like you, Vincenzo. All those things that you can't do, which you should be doing. Yeah. I couldn't walk up a hill. I couldn't run for a bus. <laughs> I, I couldn't do any of those things. My clothes were uncomfortable because I was bulging all over the place. And you can stop. I mean, there, there, are, there are two of us here yeah. sitting in the studio <laughs> who are an example that if you make up your mind, you can change your life around. Yeah. And like you're saying, I mean, in in the aspects of uh, like food, one of the major things as well. Is there any things that you can suggest like the listeners do with with food? In well, again, I think what you've got to do is stick to what you eat. What I mean is, don't go crazy and try and change your diet to a completely different diet yeah. because you're used to what you're cooking, you're used to what you're preparing. But you've just got to ask, ask yourself, the first thing, of course, is you've got to stop snacking. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Yeah. And it's very hard to do. But you've just got to do it. You've got to take all those crisps and peanuts and chocolates and put them in a cupboard, lock the door. Don't throw the key away, but put it somewhere where you can't find it. And that's where you start. You just begin to eat less. Make sure you don't cook as much as you used to. And as I said before, become involved in what you're doing. Don't become a sort of a victim of your food. Yeah. Learn all about it. There are many books in the library. Go and take out a book on what protein to eat, what carbohydrate to eat, what fat to eat, how much to eat, and do it. In other words, make it just as... I'm asking you to turn your exercise regime into an adventure. Uh, yeah. Take your food and turn the way you regard your food. Turn that whole thing into adventure. If you don't know about it, go out and read it. Speak to people. Talk to people around. Join a group. Get all that information. Take control of your life. Because I think you, you make a lot of your meals from scratch, don't you? Is that yes, all our meals are made from scratch. And I tend to eat, for example, for breakfast I will have oats. Yeah. Why? Because there's nothing other in oats than oats. So I know exactly what I'm eating. Yeah. So I will have oats and generally what I do, I make a bit of porridge and I put fresh fruit on that. Okay, And that's my breakfast. And then at lunch, I'll have various things for lunch. I'll have sometimes <clears throat> a salad. I'll have uh, sometimes just bread and butter with a bit of cheese. All the time, all the time, I'm ensuring that I'm eating the correct amount for what I need. And I need about 1,800 calories a day, yeah. so I make sure that I'm eating that. And so... If you're younger than me, you might need a bit more. If you're a female, you might need a bit less. If you all various things can determine how many calories you should have. But go and get a book again. Yeah. Don't just become 
caught up in it. Well, be I, in control. I say, uh, I mean, I read your book, and that helped me in the sense that uh, my waist was growing, my trousers were getting tighter. One of your signs. And then I read about you was saying about how many calories were in a biscuit, and then I thought that's that's my one. Is snacking at night is uh, you know, and it's so easy to put on a few kilos just through snacking and you know. Yes, I mean, and and you've got it right again. In fact, <laughs> uh, I had decided that um, I wanted to go to all good restaurants when I was fifty, and I was overeating. I mean, for most of us, I mean, people will say, "Ah, oh, don't forget, I come from a fat family," so people say, "Oh, it's my genes." Yeah, yeah, but you can you can override your genes. There's no big problem there. You've just got to have the mindset in order to decide it and. Start slowly. You don't. If I started fast, in other words, I just stopped eating and made sure that I got. But you find a way that is good for you. In other words, there's no one way. Yeah. There's a way which is for you, and you must find the way. But for certain, the place to start is to stop snacking. That yeah. is without any doubt, because if you snack, you can't keep control of how much you eat. You forget. Yeah. I promise you, I used to eat and forget that I've eaten. Or I'd have dinner and suddenly say, oh, well, I need something else when, in fact, I'd just eaten because I'd got used to snacking. You've got to control the way you approach your food. It's hard. Of course it's hard. I've been there. I know it's hard. Speak to Vincenzo. He knows it's hard. But if you do it, the rewards are fantastic. Yeah, because I, I actually feel I feel I'm the fittest I've ever been, and I'm 59. So like, you know, it's. Uh, no, I'm jealous of you already. Oh, well, I, 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 told, I told you I was going to be jealous of you. You shouldn't. Have, <laughs> you shouldn't have mentioned it. There yeah. I am. Yes, there I. There I am, a poor 85 year old, wishing. Oh gosh, Vincenzo, you're, you're going to be fine, Vincenzo. Yeah, but like we were saying, so with cycling, I mean, you've done the Aldax. You was a champion. You know, you're a well respected. Oh, well respected in the Oxted Cycling Club, who Russell Hicks uh, manages, doesn't he? So. Yeah, well, there you are, you see. Yeah. Just because I watch myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to go. And that's my message. And and then, I don't know, I mean, looking back on your life, what what is the thing that you would like to be known for, you would like to pass on? What is... Gosh, that's a a very difficult thing because I, I don't think I've got that much influence but if you had to say to me ah Ridge Radio has given me a magic wand (laughs) and what am I going to do with this magic wand I would wave it over the 80% of that population and I would say to them abracadabra please look after yourselves please ensure that when you get old You're going to maintain your dignity. Please ensure that your children are not going to be the ones who are going to have to look after you because you didn't look after yourselves. And that, if that could happen, if this talk could influence two people or maybe even one person, I would feel that I had done 
at least something to better the life of one of your listeners. Yeah, because I'm sure, I, I hope you, you, well, I'm sure you have done that in the sense, you know, I've seen you on the BBC where people are saying about how fit and healthy you are, and I think that gives an example for others to follow. It's just hopefully we've explained that, you know, it, it's hard at first, but you, you have to take a while to get there. So. Yes, you've got to have patience. You've got to learn these things. You've got to take control of your life. You've got to just understand that you control the way you are going to age. Not completely, because we cannot control everything, but to a very, very large extent, you can control the way you age by looking after yourself and by following the three musketeers, if you want. I call them a trinity, but follow the three. And you do not want to be a 50-year-old who's got the body of an (laughs) (laughs) 80-year-old. And that is about the best I can do. So the three things are exercising? Eating. Eating. Keeping your mind active. So like with keeping your mind active, how how do you do that? Well, because I now have the body... which I can say to myself, oh, let's try do that. In other words, and I can. In other yeah. words, like, I'm going to try and uh, go up a new route. I'm going to try and visit a new place. I'm going to try and go on holiday somewhere different. Yeah. And I know that I can do all those things because, because everything else is in place. Yeah. So they just follow. In other words, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. The mind will just take this body of yours to areas and places you never thought you could go. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Thanks. Yeah, I hope the listeners uh, hear that as well. And then thinking about, um, is, is there anything looking back that you're grateful for that uh, you know um, I don't know no I don't I don't tend to look at things in that sort of way I think there are a lot of things which please me and like let me give you a short example we're sitting here right it gives me pleasure to talk to you yeah and I hope that it's given you some pleasure to listen to me and that is the interchange so I never sort of tend to think of being grateful I always think about what has been my relationships with other people yeah and from those relationships have good things come yeah and that's the way I look at my life and I hopefully through all my relations I mean I made some bad ones but hopefully (laughs) most of it has been a pleasure for both of us yeah well that's I mean that's the thing as humans we like to uh, give or and and I hope like the listeners hear something that you've said that will hit them or even, you know, that, that encourages them to uh, to start. Because you can start at any age, is it, getting fit? I mean, Any age. Quicker the better. Don't leave it too late. 50 is about the latest. Yeah. Well, that was roughly when I started, but yeah. And uh, thanks to... Um, 
Professor Norman Lazarus, who's left now. Um, he's done a book, like I say, uh, How to Age Well and Wisely. Um, you know, it, it's sort of that myself, I'm one of those that I was uh, unfit and thought I needed to do something. I hope you listening, um, well, unless you are fit and, and wealthy, healthy, then uh, it's not for you. But um, hopefully you can take some some tips from that and start. Have a look on the web as well. There's loads about him and what he's done. 